Good morning, good evening, good night, depending on where you're listening. I'm going to make the good night work, I promise. Uh, welcome to episode 1919 of the Pause Life Podcast. I'm trying to get a, a more patient tone in my voice, uh, a little foreshadowing, uh, folks, for today's episode. Uh, around the horn, myself, Bahama, better looking Kevin, and Irish Kevin, and as on today's segment, as in all the we other segments. We gotta switch up. It's just factually incorrect, so. You want something new? Okay. Are you not Irish? <laughs> That's. Yeah. I, are you the people not that, Irish? It's 60% according to 23andMe. Okay, so what? How is it factually incorrect? What else was on your... Uh, uh, good old uh, Italian. Somehow 10% Polish, even though I have a Polish last name. It's that little. Don't know how. But yeah, that's about it. So you're mostly Irish. Yeah. So uh, It sounds pretty factual to me. Yeah. All right. You know, we'll just continue on there. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Irish Kevin... Um, now in the segment in our episode, as you've heard in all the episodes for season two, uh, your restaurant review. Where'd you go this last week, bud? All right. So restaurant review this week is somewhere I've been, but I haven't been in a while. Very popular place. There's two of them, Gables and Doral Buya. So Buya, to me, has an excellent happy hour menu um, for drinks-wise, and there's no food on it. Um, I think it's half off, I believe, the pricing. I thought the, the, some tapas were on the happy hour menu. When I asked the waiter, he said no. So I, I didn't I didn't fact check him because there was no like happy hour menu on the website because, you know, they're doing all the digital yeah, menus right. now. Mm-hmm. But I did have the a few of like the, the tapas style dishes and they were fantastic. Like their croquetas there literally melt in your mouth. They're so good. And you uh, like that? They're like perfect level of crunch. Plus the meltiness of that like great ham taste. Everyone's gonna say Ilas Canarias is the best croquetas. Blah 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 blah. I'm not saying Buya has the best croquetas, but I'm saying I don't like Ilas Canarias. I don't care if I'm not Cuban. I do just I don't like the soft, cold, not warm croquetas. I just it's not a fan. But I think you may have bought those at a at a different time because I no. had warm. I mean, even if they're warm, they're still like too like I like I like a little bit of firmness to it. I'm very very so firm, on that. firm things that melt in your mouth. Got it, bud. Yeah, yeah, that's actually exactly describes it. But yeah. we'll back that. to the menu. Back to the menu. Also had um, their montaditos, which is usually like I was used to, like almost like you know, sam- if you go to Spain, like the little sandwiches. But here it was like a toasted, almost garlic, like bread on, with brisket on top. With this salsa on top, and there's like, I want to, I think pickled onions or something along those lines, but it was fantastic. Like, they give you like four or five of them. Amazing. Loved it. Um, but yeah, all their appetizers that we had there were, were really good. Um, I think that's, you know, whenever you go to a tapas restaurant, like, it's, if you order a main dish, you're kind of a fool because you just might as well get a bunch of them and just share them. That's the point of it. And that's, some people don't like that style of food, but I personally love it. Because I feel I like being able to try everything. It's like when we went to that buffet in Vegas. Oh yeah. Me and Bahama, when we went to this buffet. Um, you know, you pay the fifty dollars. It's all you can eat. And we looked at each other like, oh, these guys want to play with us. Oh, they they want to charge us fifty dollars. Right, all those all those days of fresh food market co. <laughs> we would just in, baby. we would come back with five plates each. I would take a bite out of one thing, and I'm like. Ah, I'm not feeling it. Go back in another five plates. Like it was just by the end, me and Bahama probably went through fifty plates of food. Not even, not even exaggerating. 
I took bites of every single dish that were, uh, was on there. Um, then we went to the dessert table and we're like, let's get one of everything. Game over. And yeah, we got our money's worth for sure. We and did. Probably wasted a couple hundred dollars of food too, but you know what? Vegas can take it. We started stacking plates at one point and then they just got rid of it. I was yeah, kind of upset because I wanted to take like the, the after picture, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, day, the, the waiters there were not happy with us because we were just stacking, stacking, stacking. Was it, uh, was it packed at Booyah when you went? Um, yeah, it was actually pretty full. Uh, what did I go on? Was it Friday or Saturday? I don't remember the day. But it was like during happy hour and it was pretty packed. Happy hour, man. It's a hit or miss depending on the restaurant that you go to. Yeah. It's either super packed or it just sucks and there's like nobody there. It's depending on where you go. It's not like it used to be. Happy hours used to be way better. But COVID. Going out anywhere we used to be way better. I don't even remember what it's like to go out. Yeah, when's the last time we all just like we went to Duca and came back home at 4 a.m.? I don't know about 4 a.m., but uh, I went out uh, to the wharf, and this was recently. I mean, it was like maybe two weeks ago. Um, packed place. I mean, oh, my God. It was happy hour, obviously, but even ha- after happy hour, like, you couldn't fit anywhere. Yeah, I feel like it got a resurgence. I definitely think I feel like the happy hour life is coming back in Miami, but like I don't think the nightlife is back yet. I'm gonna tell you something. I do not miss the wharf uh happy hour. There were so many people. I mean, I'm standing in line for literally fifteen minutes to get a dollar beer. You know what I mean? I just I don't feel like I have the patience for happy hour post COVID. I don't have the patience for a lot of things post COVID, to be honest with you. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-COVID, I didn't have the patience. Well, you were like, okay, like, you know, it's been a long week. I'm cashing it in now. Back then, I was like, you know, maybe I can kind of stand in this line a little bit. No, scooch my way in. Pre-game. Always. That's, yeah, so I can't go back, man. Yeah, I, I just, I've ne- I'm, lines, I've never in my entire life had patience for. Like, I just can't, like, if I'm at a theme park, like, and the line is over an hour, I'm like, no shot. I can't do it. Can't do it. Like, if there's a line for food, how many times have I walked out of a restaurant? I'm like, can't do it. Won't do it. Like, oh, there's an hour wait for this restaurant. I'll go somewhere else. Like, I just can't not. I hate waiting for things, especially when it comes to, like, food, entertainment. How do you feel about, like, Disney in the parks? Um, I try to do the, the, the fast passes as much as I can. Yeah, but still, you're still waiting. <laughs> so yeah, I, I usually now. don't wait in any lines longer than 30. And then I've learned the art of finessing some of those lines. Like, you know how many times I've gone up to what, what ride are you going on that's less than 30-minute wait? Depending on it, like uh, like at Epcot, you can if you make it early into the park, you can go on like test track early. If you you can go on Soren, like if I go to Epcot, I'm going straight to Soren, then I'll go straight to test track, and then I'm gonna go drink around the world. So this way, I hit the two I wanted to do, and then like the rest of the rides are pretty short in terms of timing. I cannot do theme park lines. Uh, I went to Universal <clears throat> like a month ago, and the Fast and Furious ride just opened up post COVID. Mm. It was a 200 minute wait. Maximum capacity. Guess how guess how long the ride is itself. What? Two minutes? Clocked it. Like two minutes and fifteen seconds. Damn. I mean it is. And like it's not like it's you would think that Fast and the Furious would be a, a sick fucking ride. Test track esque, right? Kinda like that. At least I would think, right? Or at Universal, like if you're sitting there, some type of like simulation. You you literally get on a party bus and you just follow like the rock and Vin Diesel through the streets shooting the Shaw guy from Hobbs and Shaw shooting that guy, right? And it's two minutes, and then the ride's over. And they're like, oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And you get off the ride, and that's it. Hell no. 200 minutes. I was heh, so pissed. Yeah, I'm not, I enjoy like rides and things like that, but I don't think I would be able to go 
without a big group. Yeah, aligned without That's a big group. Right. Yeah, because like just standing there for two hours on every ride, even an hour and a half is just like, I'm wasting my life away. There's only so much you can scroll on your phone, and then you lose service, and you're like halfway through. <laughs> oh, yeah, with what service? Oh my God, I'm about dude, to yeah. say. Especially when you start getting in deep. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, fuck. It's and awful. Like, you've had the same conversation. You've already talked about everything you possibly talk about with that person or people you're sitting in line with. You're just like, well, the only time that I've enjoyed a line was like when I went with a big group, and we had like we brought a speaker with us. I remember yep. we were in high school, right? We were in like 11th grade, right? And we went to we were at Disney, and I think it was the Animal Kingdom, and it was. Uh, the one with the Yeti ride, right? The roller, the one roller coaster there, and that was back when like um, Jonas Brothers were like still popular, right? So I remember we put on um, Love Bug, the song on the speaker, and we had literally half the line singing the song like at once, and that was pretty fucking cool. And then we waited in the next the next day. We were in a uh, Magic Kingdom on the what is it called? The one indoor, the space one, right? And we were with like a like for some reason like there's I guess this. Uh, exchange group of Brazilian people there and we put on like that one famous Brazilian song uh, the one I don't know how it goes like Nossa yeah that one and like they all started singing it so like that was like the two experiences of sitting in lines where I was like this is fun outside of that absolutely awful yeah agreed those are the times I've had fun too like with a speaker and playing it the, the the one I can remember vividly was when Despacito came out oh, yeah. so we were just like blasting that shit um and there was another song, I think it was from Future, I can't remember, but yeah, every time we go with a big group, whether you're drinking with a big group or just like talking shit with a lot of people in a big group, because that way, like, if you're with four people, like, you're going you're gonna to run out of shit yeah. to talk about. Like, when we're like 15, 16 deep, like, all right, I can just hop and have yeah. different conversations with different groups of people. It's like, like I'm, a I'm done with you. A all right, for the ride, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's always, a, like, especially if it's, a, I don't know, like a newer group you haven't done things with or just like a group with maybe people you don't see as much. Like, that, that's been fun. But outside of that, it's just, I just don't have the patience. I think the longest I've ever waited was because I was with a big group and it was like when Harry Potter first came out and it was like a 180-minute wait. Still haven't done Torture. it. Torture. Torture. Still haven't done it. It's just always so packed. It is. And I want to do the Avatar one, but it's just always so packed. It's so packed. It's yet. so packed, dude. The Avatar, it's great, but like... Yeah, the Avatar ones are cool. And the new uh, Haggard ride is 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 uh is really dope actually universal trying to do this thing where like the most popular rides they only open them for certain times of the day so you have similar to kind of like a fast like you have to go on their wi-fi on the app and get a virtual pass specifically for that ride so everyone who reserves like the 1 to 130 time slot you can go anytime you want between 1 and 130 right but the line is still like 90 minutes and it's just not i mean now you're regulating crowd control and it's still not doable. But uh, the ride is pretty dope if you find yourself up there. Hagrid ride, it's doable. Maybe next time you go invite me or something, you know? Just don't don't just uh, escapade your way up there. I'm down. I'm about. I think uh, April Mardi Gras, uh, we're going. I think rides for me, uh, though, um, they do they, they suck so much. I think the patience of, of having to wait in line, it does suck. But like the the goal at the end of riding the the theme park ride, I think that's what kind of makes it worth it. Um, I hate. I have little patience for a lot of shit, but I think up on the scale like one to five, the thing I'm cool with waiting for are uh, theme park rides. I mean, I I think that goes. I have the same kind of opinion. I still hate the lines, but my realm, like my tolerance of patience, has to directly tied with 
gratification, like how instant that gratification is. Like, all right, a theme park ride, 60 minutes, okay, worth it. I'm going to get that gratification at the end. But if I think of something else in my life that like takes longer, like you're just like, oh my God, it runs thin. Like, especially uh, I think coming from college, because in college, everything is just instant. Like you're grade, you're in class, like that's a semester long. Or you're taking a test, you're going to find out the next Monday. Or you're in this club or whatever the case may be. It's always instant gratification. And like your patient, I almost think it affects your patience because I feel like in the real world, once you get out there, most stuff is not instant and you're not going to get that instant gratification. So your patience is almost dulled because of college. At least in my opinion, I find patience so unique because to me it's not like it's not like a primary emotion. It's like a catalyst for me, right? Because you're either really you're either really excited and oh my god, I don't have the patience because I'm just so like anxious to like do this thing, or you're like pissed and you're just beating your head against the wall because something's not working and you still don't have patience because you want to like get through that or figure that out, right? It's like the difference of like again, you know, waiting in line at a theme park or like sitting in traffic on the dolphin at like you know five o'clock it's just it's not doable for me i get you how do you define patience then uh always defining things on this channel i mean i how i understand patience i don't to me it doesn't apply to something like traffic being stuck in traffic so i feel like we're all talking about like our own different definitions on what we believe patience to count as I feel like, I mean, I feel like patience implies that you're forced to sit in a moment that you don't want to sit in for some X, Y, Z type of reason, right? If I want to go somewhere, but traffic is just ass every day after work, you have to sit in that and wait to get to your destination and there's nothing else you can do about it. I feel like for me, it's probably like the acceptance of waiting on something. Like you're accepting that like this is going to take time, whether an hour or two years. Yeah, I'm more in line with that definition of that Markowski said about, you know, something that you understand that takes time. And I, I see patience almost like a skill. Um, and things that involve patience to me, and I don't always see them as forced. Because ultimately, you, in a lot of situations that require patience, you can choose to remove yourself from the, from the patient situation. You know, like if we're talking about rides, you can choose to not go on the line, you know? Yeah. If you're talking about traffic, you can choose to leave later to not hit traffic, you know? So when it comes to patience, I, I don't really see it as something that's forced. It's more so like a trait or a skill set that a person either has or has to develop that allows them to wait or delay instant gratification for like a higher yield. You know, like if you think investments, for example, right? You can put in some money into your 401k, right? And if you pull it in a year from now, you'll still have more. You would have made money, right? But it would have been minimal. But if you had the patience to wait 30, 40 years, you delay the gratification of pulling that money out, you get rewarded at a higher yield. So that's kind of like how I view patience. Yeah, I can, I can see that. As, I think that's a pretty good definition. I think sometimes when I think about it, it remind when you talked about the investing thing, it reminded me of like when I how because I'm trying to be better at painting, being like a patient person, and I think for me what helps is when I have the expectation set of how long or 
the effort that something's going to take. So let, let, I'm going to use an example, right? Like if I'm investing in my 401k or my Roth IRA, right? Those are retirement accounts. I know that I'm putting that money in there and because of the laws and regulations, I can't touch that money without penalty until I'm 65 or 60 or 55, whatever it is, right? So I'm coming in with the expectation that like that money is going to sit in there f- until that time. So I'm going to, I'm okay with it. Like I'm more patient with it because I know it's just going to slowly grow over time. Whereas... If I think about something like, I don't know, let's say you're day trading and you're, you're looking at an individual stock or even if you're in an index fund or something, you're looking at that every day and you're like, oh, like, when am I going to sell? When am I going to do this? So like that expectation is not set for me. So I, I become less patient with it. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's That happens to me a lot. Like even with jujitsu, right? I think about that. Like I know it's going to take me 10 years to get a black belt. Like there's not, there's not really anything you can do to rush it. I mean, you're, if you're lucky, you might be able to get it sooner if you have the skill set, but I always had that expectation coming in, so it's not like I'm I'm rushing to get anything. Like I know what it is, but if I think of other aspects of my life where, I don't know, like you can think of like a promotion, or you can think of a new job, or you can think of like learning the skill. Like there's not unless there's a set expectation of the timeline on there. You, c- I, I think my patience would run thinner. So, to that argument, basically you always set the expectation for yourself therefore you could choose to set expectations that make it easier to deal with having to be patient rephrase that okay so you know how you mentioned that it's easier for you to be patient with something like a black belt because you're going into it with a set expectation of this is going to take me 10 Mm -hmm. years so technically you can apply that to anything else that you struggle being patient about. Like whatever you're struggling being patient about, you could technically restructure your expectation and make it so that whatever you're waiting to get or achieve or whatever is it that you're being patient about takes longer than you expected. I can I can see my like I can definitely see that as a good point of on, on some things, but then I, I think when I'm trying to set expectations, the things that I have easier time doing is when I have like a benchmark to go off of. Like when I know something like my expectation is set because I of some exterior reason, right? Like I know that this is going to take this long. Mm-hmm. I think when it's more ambiguous of how long something takes or like, I don't know how long something takes. That's when my, like my expectations go down to shorter time period, quicker, get it done. Whereas if I had exterior, like, like if I knew like, all right, this project's going to take a one year, right? And I already have that. I already know that that's the benchmark. So I can come in and say the expectation, I'm going to set it for a year. But let's say I didn't know how long a particular project was set. I can be like, oh, well, I, I can get this done in three months. Setting that expectation. And then, you know, let's say it didn't go that three months, my patience would run dry. I'm just using that as an example. But I think when I, it's more ambiguous, it's not that benchmark. There's not something for me to go off of. That's when it becomes harder. And especially when you think about career-wise, right? Because everyone's career is so different. Unless you're in like a very linear, like, oh, I, you're, you're a lawyer and you're going to finish law school and then you're going to become a, an associate and then you're going to become, you know, uh, this and then you're going to become a junior partner and then you're going to become a partner, right? Like, you know the ladder to get there, right? It's, it's already, there's that benchmark there to get there. So you, the expectation there is, oh, okay, like this is how long it could take up to me but I you know you could shorten some of it but you're kind of already coming into that whereas some other career paths that aren't as linear you don't know how long it's going to take you to do something so it's hard to set 
a correct expectation. And then I, that's where I feel like my patience then comes in. Cause I'm like, well, I thought this was going to set, you know, take two years, but it's actually going to take five. I'm going to grant uh, with Irish Kevin uh, to that note. Personally for me, when it's uh, anticipated patience, I can sit in that and just ride, ride the wave. Right. Like, like when, you know, certification, for example, right. Like you, have a timeline and now you're just like you know you're you're weighing you're you're waiting and like you're, you're working on it right and you're chipping at it like bit by bit i think the sporadic patience is where i just <laughs> i just lose my mind and those are like classic daily examples of like you know waiting in traffic or you know the food you know irregularly like not coming in time right or having to wait in line at Publix or back when COVID first started when it was that when grocery stores were seriously regulating like the six feet apart thing and we had to wait forever just to like get groceries like I was like I this is I can't this is annoying for me you know and that's where I don't have that superpower let me ask you this right let's say you're in a scenario when you're like think back to school right and let's say you did a test this could be a final this could be a midterm whatever the case is and your teacher says to you all right you're well, I'll, I'll, i'm gonna grade them and you're gonna get a grade sometime next week or if she says hey i'm gonna have these all done you'll know your grade by wednesday like what is an easier scenario for you for me the wednesday scenario is easier because you know what you're waiting for but I just think that's a shit example of what patience is because you have no say in it, you know? Like, I typically apply patience to things that you have an impact to. Like, okay. yeah, it can take you... It, it would be within reason for you to get your black belt in 10 years, but you could make decisions in your life over the next 10 years that gets it to you in eight, you know? Yeah. In that example, there is nothing you can do to change that. Whether she gives it to you on Wednesday or sometime next week, there's nothing you can really do about that. It's it's we're on her timeline. So, you know, I would be frustrated, right? And I'll be I'll feel a little bit restless about the fact that fuck, I need to know what the fuck I got already. Like why can't you tell me when you're gonna give it to me? Right. But situations that require patience, I believe need to involve some decision making that is on your part okay um for that example i could see it but let's say what about a situation where you're like working with a team right and let's say you you you're doing something right and you hit your deadlines you do what you're supposed to do but then your teammate is taking longer or like they're, they're taking longer to figure something out or or do something like what about patience in regards to that? Like patience with individuals, like, like, yo, this person's taking forever to do this. Like it's kind of out of your control at that point, right? Yeah. So in that setting, my patience would be correlated to what our deadline as a team is. So let's say that we need to have this done in four days and I got my shit done on day two. I'm not going to have any issues with patience if these people are not done until, okay, now it's like day three at night. And it's like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why isn't this done yet? We, we need to finish it by tomorrow. And then that's when my patients can start running out because now your behavior is impacting me in some way, shape or form because now our team is not going to deliver that project on time, right? But that also has like a deadline. Yeah, um, I, I just, I think there's a lot of examples 
that I could go on, but like, I'm just thinking about just patience with individuals. Cause I think, I think about like a, like, especially when like teaching someone something or learning something okay. like, like, like patience will like, all right, like I'm waiting for this person to get it. Like, and they're not getting it. It's not clicking. Like I've teachers, right. The great teachers have great patience because they can sit there and like, Oh, you don't get this math problem. Like, let me go through it again. Let me do this again. But let's say I'm doing this with, you're teaching someone a video game or you're working with someone at work and like, they're just not getting it. And you're like, your patience is running dry with them. Right. Like, you're just like, like this needs to be done. Like why, why isn't he not getting it? Like that's, Okay, so so that one is, I I agree with that one. That one makes a lot more sense to me for like how I view patients because it's you who's teaching to the other person. So let's say I'm getting paid to teach, I've literally been paid to teach people about nutrition, actually. (laughs) And my patients, I'm not a good teacher. Uh, Like if if you don't get what I'm saying, I'm very good at wording things in different ways for different types of people once I identify what their preferred communication style is. But if I like try a a couple of different ways in the person i I see like no even little bit of improvement i do run out i don't have a lot of patience for that that's not something that i'm good at um it's bit me in the ass in a couple of work situations too just because i'm just like i why don't the fuck did you get this like this is i'm explaining it to you i'm giving you the literal explanation and instructions of how to do it i made it i went out of my way to make sure that you are not confused about what the instructions were and the instructions were still not followed. That situation, that's definitely something in which my patience is non-existent. Do you do you struggle, Bahama, with like patience with individuals? You know, there was a point where I I really did, especially uh, in undergrad, um, when you know you're in situations and you're just trying to, you know like the positions that I was in, you know, trying to like counsel other students or help them do things. Um, in different scenarios, it's, it's been different for me. Um, I rare, I, I rare, my patience is very close to non-existent for, um, like parents and families. Um, just because there's times where, you're just like I, I. I don't know how to help you, right? Or like I. I can't give. I, I. I've tried to give you the answer that you want, but you know, there's just like a, a part of miscommunication there, um, and that's like where it, it it runs dry for me, you know. Um, teaching people, not not really, right? Like I. I kind of ha- have to do that or had to do that, um, and I still think that I will. So I think it's having like the amount of siblings that I do, and like being the second oldest, you just kind of like learn. Yeah. You learn it through that, right? So I wouldn't really say that like teaching is teaching is where my patience wanes. Like I said, it, it for me it's in my everyday actions. Um, even like you know after like a job interview, and if you don't know when you're gonna hear back, I just I I, I just I lose it. I get yeah. impatient. I get restless because and at the helm with that is impatience. I'm just like, oh my, when are they gonna hit my line? Yeah, here? I hate that. Like I hate that feeling when you're waiting. Like when you're waiting for a response on anything, right? Just like that drives me a little crazy. Um, and you know, it's, for, it's funny enough, like as impatient I am in so many areas, I'm not impatient when I'm like teaching something to someone. Like I kind of enjoy it. Like I like like teaching someone how to do something. And if they're not getting it, like I just, I take it more of a challenge. Like, all right, how can I phrase this to like, to for them to get it? Um, it just, it's easier for me to be patient in that manner. I think where it becomes more difficult is like, if I don't have 
if it's something that I can directly control I'm for, for myself, right? Like I, I think I have less, less patience with myself. Like let's say I'm learning something and I'm not getting it. Like I would get way more frustrated at myself than I would if I'm teaching someone something. Yeah, that's I, I kind of get that way too. Did you ever get uh, impatient during like Model UN and stuff? Um, honestly, like when I was teaching them how to do things, like I would never get impatient. Like I would, I would be more impatient. Like let's say, like if something wasn't working as planned, and like uh, like let's say I'm I'm trying to do something in the committee and like it, it's not going as planned or they're not getting like they're like it's not working. Like I'll become more impatient with myself and like all right, how can I how can I figure out how to do this or this needs to happen sooner? Like. Like I would go through those kind of motions, but like let's say, I'm um, I was like you know in class or in, in teaching like like whoever was in the club like I, that that was never a problem because I felt like all right like I always had this thing like all right if I could get it like I'm sure these people can get it I just have to find the preferred way that they learn, and I was able to like from there have the patience to to right. do it right. Yeah. But then I I go back to the same point like where it would really run dry is stuff that I can control where my pa- that's where my patience is really like like if I'm trying to learn something I'm just not getting it like I'll think about a video game like I get mad at myself because like let's say I'm trying to figure out how to play this game and like it's just not working I'm not getting it like I'll get so much more impatient with myself in those situations because I'm just like this is something I can control and I can't do this because there's so many things you can't control where my patience might go up a little more but something you can directly control that is where I like become really impatient. I do find myself getting impatient with myself. Uh, I do find myself getting impatient with myself a lot, um, especially during like the the certification trainings. I saw a quote, um, and this is all coming back to you, by the way. So I'm gonna hit you with another question. Uh, I saw a quote. I think last week, um, Ryan Holiday. I posted it on his uh, Instagram, and it was about how in impatient times, when you feel aggression, instead of acting on that, ing- I'm paraphrasing. Instead of acting on that aggression, uh, instead of acting on that aggression, learn how to channel that, right? And through patience, use that to overcome xyz obstacle that you have and he was referencing the obstacles the way um and so you said that you were you you want to get better at patience um in the beginning of this episode yeah and so i guess meticulously throughout your day are you like coherently finding opportunities to say okay i okay irish kevin dial back in we're going to be more patient or just like you know are you inherently just becoming more patient? Um, I think on the little things, I'm becoming better. And obviously, that's practice for the bigger things. The bigger things, I'm still not there yet. But the little things, like the daily things, I am. But the bigger things, I'm still not. I mean, I don't know. What about you guys? Do you think you become less patient with yourself? Like, It really depends on what about, right? Uh, I think as I've grown older, I've become more patient. Um, because the things that I was impatient about started like kind of like going into perspective. You know, like when you graduate from college, you have all these expectations, right? And these plans and these things that you want to do. And then as you start trekking through real life, you start realizing, all right, well, like you literally cannot guess everything that's going to happen to you in the next couple of years. Um, and then so many things can change and being faced with such like severe level of change has helped me be a little bit more patient for the big things. I'm actually quite patient with the big things 
but not very patient with the small things. Because for the big things like like career or work or whatever the fuck you want to like think about, um, that's a big thing. It's easy for me to be patient about that because I understand that there isn't a set path. I understand that there's a growth pro, a, there's a growth process and there's a discovery process and there's a getting better at whatever you find they actually want to do process. Like I understand that to be great at anything is going to require time or to be as good as I want to be at something is going to require time. And that's just been proven over and over again by just seeing people that I respect how good they are, what they do and how long it took them. So it's easy for me to put that into perspective and be like, well, I've done this for, for example, nutrition. I've done nutrition for three years now. Now, if somebody asks me a question that may seem pretty basic, I don't get frustrated with myself when I'm like, fuck, I should have known. Maybe I'll tell myself, damn, I should have known this. But it's a more of like an upbeat, damn, I really should have known this. Like, let me try to figure this out. Not like, a, what the hell? How do I not know this? Like, I've been doing this for three years already. How do I not know? But like, when I break it down, the reason that doesn't bother me to that level anymore is because I've worked with doctors that don't fucking know. I've worked with people who've been in nutrition for 30 plus years who don't fucking know either. Like there are things that I know that they don't know, right? And vice versa, obviously more on they knowing significantly more than me, but I've been able to identify that a lot of the big things just require fucking time. Now my issue with the little things is because they're small and they shouldn't be difficult. So why are you struggling with this? Mm. That's what I have a hard time being patient with. Whenever it's something big, I'm like, oh, I understand. That can be a stressful situation, so it takes longer to complete. Like in your example about doing work, let's say we have a deadline in four days, going back to that same example, this person, it's taking them the full four days to do it, whatever. It's a big project, it takes time, it's a big deal, go at your own pace. I understand why it's taking you so long. Now, let's say that I ask you, hey, send an email, and it's been four days and you haven't sent the email, I'm like, what the fuck? It's an email. You just have to write two sentences and press send. Why couldn't you do that? It takes little to no effort from you. Why the hell haven't you done it yet? So those scenarios with those little tiny things that are almost trivial in terms of difficulty and time commitment too. Like when somebody doesn't do something that I, that I see as a small minor time commitment and they don't follow through on that, it is very easy to be pissed off about that. But when they don't follow through on something that's a big, I'm like, well, I can understand because it's kind of a big deal. It's a big commitment for them. It would have required a lot of effort. It would have, could have required them changing their schedule around. It's easier for me to justify why somebody fucked up something big than to justify why you fucked up something small. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because we have the opposite issues now because like I'm becoming more patient with the smaller things, but the big things like are becoming harder for me. It's just, and I think it goes back to like the instant gratification thing. It's just because like when someone has to tell you like, oh yeah, in order to be a, a good consultant, you know, you need to do this for 10 years and see X amount of clients and do this. And like, like there's no rushing that. Like there's no rushing experience and there's no rushing building your skills. Like there's things you can do to, you know, become better in every day. But that mm-hmm. longer journey, you're just like, like there's gotta be a way to do it quicker. Like there's gotta be a way to do this thing. And like, that's, that's one of the hardest things. Like for me, the hardest thing to do is just sit still. Like that's just stillness is the key, baby. Like just waiting for something like waiting, like maybe waiting for the right opportunity or, or, or et cetera. I had a, a, actually a vice president 
uh, tell me once. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, he might listen to this podcast. He told me, he's like, it's better to be, what was it? It was better to not, like, you don't want to be an opportunist. You want to find, uh, I don't remember, I'm, I'm going to butcher his quote, but he was basically saying, like, you don't want to be an opportunist, someone who takes, like, every opportunity that comes towards you. You want to be the person that, like, takes advantage of the right opportunity at the right time. And, like, he used another word for it, but, like, I, that really stuck with me. And I was like, oh, shit, like, that's that's like super true like you don't want to just you don't want to be seen as the guy who like everything that comes at you you know you're, you're just taking you're leaving to the next best thing like you're the person who's sitting there you're open to the opportunities but you're waiting for the best one and that's kind of a hard thing to be you know patient about because you're like well what if this was it what if this was it what if i missed on this you know the way i see that that scenario is like coaching like yeah. in the nfl you know how there's always that. all these places that you can go it's like imagine that you want to be a head coach and the only job you got offered this year was the Texans. Yeah. You're like, yeah, fuck this year. Like, is your salary going to increase by quite a couple of million dollars? Yes. Is it worth it? No. no. <laughs> Absolutely. Imagine that you get hired to coach the Jets. Like, I mean, you're a great game. And <laughs> you would not take that job. There's no fucking roster over there, you know? So it's kind of like waiting for the right opportunity. Yeah. How some coaches just wait and like, fuck it out. I'm going to keep getting offers and I'm just going to wait for the one that actually like uh, has a good roster, like Urban Meyer. Yeah. Urban Meyer waited for there to be a team that now it's going to get Trevor Lawrence. And now he's like, all right, I'll go back to coaching for that. Yeah, that's it, that's a, like a skill in itself to master, um, and being able to do that correctly is pretty crazy to think about. Because like, I mean, just to know when to wait, when to go, when to not like, it's it's just it's 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 a whole another level of patience that I think takes time to master, or like the mindset to master. I think you just gotta feel it out, man. You know, don't be a yes man, but you know, when you you just feel it and when the opportunity comes and you're like this, this is it you know what i'm saying that's when you pull the trigger you know what i mean mm-hmm. when i when i transferred um when i transferred back from uh georgia and unbeknownst to me at the time um i'd be taking on an additional uh two semesters of class uh to graduate you know i thought it was going to be crazy you know what i mean there's an impatience attached to academia where you're just like i want to be done i just want to finish i'm tired of homework i'm tired of tests i'm tired of quizzes i'm over it you know right yeah and i think similar to your situation irish kevin where you have this deadline not this deadline but you have this big achievement finishing um and you know wrenches get thrown into that and you're like i mean where do i go from here you know what helped me in those situations um, that you said you, you kind of had trouble with was like that stillness part. I think totally just revamping your your mindset, your framework to just say, okay, th- I'm going for the three-peat, right? This is, I don't know, 1993, whenever MJ, MJ uh, uh, did that, right? And I'm only focused on, I'm only focused on getting this finals championship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, getting through these best of seven games um and i just focused on the small wins you know week by week month by month you kind of just take it that base right you're like you're still results driven but i think it takes off the the edge and the anxiety of oh my gosh like i just want to get there already imagine imagine someone like alex smith like recovering from his injury right like you don't know if it's going to happen and like every day is a grind to get just to be able to walk and then to move to then eventually get to play football like that journey must have been insane. Like the management patience you have to have with yourself because like there's it's all no on timeline. you. Yeah, yeah it's and there's all, no yeah. like legitimate timeline because it's yep. like, dude, 
we should have chopped your leg off. We don't even like, and you're trying to ask when you can run again. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It, that's crazy. Cause you know, like, I, I, like it starts off with like moving his toes and then moving his legs and then like being able to walk by yourself in a walk. Like there's just so many things that come to that. Like to have that level of mental fortitude. Right. And I, and I think also part of it is cause like you have no other choice, right? That's, that's yeah. it. Like you're put in there. It's not like one of those patient situations where we talked about where you can leave it. It's not yeah. like being in, in traffic or waiting in line. No, exactly. you're there. Like you, you, dude, you're, you're dude, stuck with this. It, but it's, this is forced. <laughs> dude, but it's such, it, to me, it's just, it, it's so dope, dude. Like that is such a strength where you have to be so goddamn still and you don't want to be, but you're forced to be right. Cause I think, it just tests your your discipline, like and like you said, your mental fortitude. Had it been the other way around, and they were to say, "Yeah, Alex, you're like whenever you're ready, go for it." You know what I mean? I don't think it would have. I don't think he would have. It would have had made the same impact on him. You know what? I actually don't believe that it tests your mental fortitude. I think it builds it. Well, that's what I meant. I, yeah, like it, it 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 sharpens your mental fortitude. It just creates it all together. Because I highly doubt that like Alex Smith was like that patient before this. Because I feel like a lot of the people that end up becoming. Yeah patient and adopting like that level of discipline is through some event that forced them to have to learn that skill set like mm-hmm. for me personally i under I, I am more patient with the big things because life has put me in a place in which i had to become patient you know uh i don't think there's a lot of people that are just there are but there's not a lot they're just naturally patient just in wi- our generation just, yeah just willingly yeah just like oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm just waiting shit. for everything yeah like yeah. no i don't think our generation has a lot of naturally born patient people the large majority of us grew up with instant gratification of all kinds yep. whether it's food entertainment yeah. uh relationships social activities everything just instant so i feel like our generation is going to struggle with that level of patience more than any other of the previous generations, at least from this past century, because of how accessible everything has always been for us ever since we grew up. And that's in, and I think back to like the example of like you always hear like the generations before us talking about how like sports in our generation, especially now the generations after us about like this whole participation middle thing. Right. And like there's a whole argument about like learning how to lose and all that. But I think, if I think about this now from the lens of patience, like you're not teaching the kid the patience of in the grind of getting to the end of where, where you win and you win that trophy, right? Like you made it there, like you put in the effort. Whereas, like let's say you're on a soccer team and like uh, you know you get six plays, everyone gets a medal. Like that kid doesn't learn that what that that patience is like of of losing one and two of going through that slow grind and of improving, getting better to get to that first yeah, place. Yeah, and I was that kid right who played for like you know six minutes on my ymca soccer team and then got the medal at the end right at the barbecue it's a great time families are there we're all taking pictures right but to like to to have to relearn that patience at an older age i wouldn't fucking change it for the world you know because you know reverting back to all of like you know just the people that we listen to and that we follow and that we watch that are good at what they do or you know that are average at what they do i think at the helm of like that success everyone says is loss right or or failure but i think the patience that you learn because of that is what makes you so goddamn great because when you're like when you're when your mindset's like focused on something and you hit a setback and now you have to revamp your mental fortitude to get not only to your where you where you were at before but where you want it to be i just it's so wild to me I think that the the build to the end is so much more satisfying in the end. Like I, I'll go back to I hate always using it as an example, but like when I was first joined Bondi Ben, right? Like I 
my, my first committee I lost, right? And my second committee right off the bat, I won, right? And I was like, oh my God, amazing. Like, I'm, I'm the best. I did it, blah, blah, blah. And then like, it wasn't for another entire year, academic year before I won again. And I remember that slow grind of getting there. Like in the end, felt so much better when I actually won again and then got better because I knew like you deserved it, right? Like when something's given to you right away or like, let's say you're instantly good at something, like that grind of like every day of improving is not there and that like win in the end is not satisfactory like let's say you you join something you're just instantly great at it like you're not going to appreciate it as much as like the person who was sitting there who was bad at it for years and they slowly got to the point of like getting good like let's say you're playing a video game and you played it for like 10 years and like it took you six years to get good at that video game and someone else just like joins on. He's like, oh yeah, this is easy. And like winning it, you're just like, fuck you. Like, you don't, you don't know. Like, you, you don't know. know the blood, sweat, and tears on that computer chair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's so funny, man. I, I think maybe like, uh, was it 2020? Like four or five years ago, uh, I was talking to, uh, to one of our buddies um, about every, every good fucking thing we were doing um, back at, back in undergrad, back at FIU. And I remember that I said, you know, I said to him, I said, you know, all this, all this, all these great things that we're doing, whether it's the, you know, community, whether it's academically, whether it's like here, um, we're not seeing any of it, right? Like we throw, we threw sick events and raised tons of money for great causes. We, and, and we never saw like what you were talking about when we first started that instant gratification piece. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, you are in a year, the decisions that you make today. So we're not going to live. We're not going to see that gratification right now. We're going to see it next year, right? And the year after that. And I, I mean, I think when I like reflect and when I look back, I think right now where I am, I was plotting and scheming last year, right? Like exactly a year ago, right? So I think that's another token of patience where you're just like, okay, now I get it, right? So if like you're trying to fight through that battle of like, oh my God, like I just want it to happen already, right? Or, you know, in your, in your day-to-day things, I think the small wins and buckling down, It'll pay off, but you're not going to see it right away. And I think when you don't see it right away, that is a good thing. That, like if I think about artists, like let's think about like those people who got like TikTok famous right away or their song blew up, like the one hit wonders, right? Why do you think there's so many one hit wonders? Because they just fucking collapsed. They had one instant song that got them famous and- They didn't like, have the foundation to maintain that success. Exactly. Like if you look at someone like Drake, right? Like Drake was not an overnight success. Like as, as big as he is now, like he took years to get to that level. Like yeah. it was years and years and then eventually building album after album after album. And that's why he's lasted so long. If you look at Kanye, look at any of the great like, rappers hip hop hop artists pop artists any of them that like was in that slow grind those are the people that lasted for a while like rarely I mean there's always exceptions do these people that have the instant fame last like I mean you even see it on yeah you even see it on social media like tiktokers who become famous is the same thing like we had viners that were famous that some stayed some went away like it's gonna be the same thing with TikTok. Like it's they fall with the trends in the short game and not you know legacy in the long game. Yeah, yeah. you gotta build that foundation to hold up a legacy. Like Tom Brady. Imagine being Fuck one of the <laughs> Fuck Tom Brady. Imagine being that painter. Like there's painters out there. I don't know if it's Van Gogh or Monet or one of the one Monet. Of the fa- yeah, the painter. Or uh, oh, who knows painters. <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess he's, he's, a, cultured he's, a, he's man. a cultured man. What? He's been around the world. I'm like, an six, what is sixteen this? countries, 30, 38 states, <laughs> two, oh two continents. Fine, composers. I don't, I don't know. I don't know uh, where you want to go with this. But, but there are Mozart? there's one fa- there's one famous painter. I cannot think of his name at the top of my head. One of the most famous, and he didn't. His work did not become famous until after he died. Like imagine that. 
Like you're painting for years. You're grinding. You're making these things that you think are masterpieces and no one's recognizing you for it. And then you, after you die, it blows up. It becomes super famous. It might have been, might have been Van Gogh. Like, yeah, I think it might have been Van Gogh as well. But isn't that crazy That's to think useless. about? That's so useless. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like if that was my life and it's like, oh, just don't worry. Like it's going to be great work once you're just like no I, i'm dead like whatever dude i didn't never got to enjoy the fruit of my labor like i died as a failure yeah that that's that's crazy like that uh, that's like i don't know one of, it's a terrible nightmare for me if like let's say you did these great things and it doesn't you just no, develop something hey, don't worry athena will reap your benefits maybe maybe but it is cool though if you create something like and then years later, it still has impact. Like, let's say you create something and it starts to have impact. And then after you die, it still continues to have impact. Like, that is crazy to me. Like, that is, that like, is like, truly like, a goal in life. Like the fucking Sistine Chapel? Yeah, like, it, it could be Sistine Chapel. It could be you created, like, some, like, nonprofit. Like, think about, it, like, when Bill Gates dies, his legacy of Microsoft is going to be forever, right? His legacy of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is going to be forever. Like, the amount of kids they've put through school and college through that fund and also the amount of like research facilities and all the rest of the stuff that that fund has done is going to 30 years, 40 years from now, it's still going to be there what about, after uh, he's dead. What about Steve Jobs when the Apple car comes out? I mean, think about Steve Jobs, right? He's, he's dead. He's been dead for a long time now and his legacy still lives on. You know, no one gives Steve Wozniak the credit, dude, but I'm giving it to him right now, dude. Glad S- someone does. Steve Wozniak, dude. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Steve that's a reality that's honestly not a goal of mine i i used to when i was younger had these grandiose like dreams of like yeah i want to like because he wanted to be a scientist because of uh dexter's laboratory mm. i watched that shit Great in spanish show. by the way <laughs> it's in dr Great so show. that show made me want to be like a scientist so i always had these like grandiose ideas of like oh i want to be an inventor and do these things and like lifelong up and now i just kind of don't really give a fuck i kind of just want to like <laughs> do me and make sure that my decisions are benefiting me and the people close to me and that i'm happy and that's okay and like that it takes a lot of people like a lot of people can't accept that like where as a kid we're all like you know set to to, to set your expectations so high and, mm-hmm. and then you get in the real world and like you're like, well, I don't maybe I don't have a chance of becoming famous or doing that. And I've come to that realization too. But like, I just never was able to give up my dream like of doing something impactful. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I feel like well, you don't have happen. to give it up. Like it's not like giving it up shouldn't be like a goal, you know? Yeah. That's still that can always still be your. You got so much left. Rushmore, you know? Yeah, dude. I plan on living to hundred, minimum. Minimum. Well, you better you better start eating better. <laughs> no more no more cheese, cuz. Yeah, you better stop buying motherfucking cookies. Hey man, <laughs> trying to feed it to me. No, keep them bitches hey, don't away worry. from me. Don't worry, another one will end up on your desk. No, hey, have you had any of those? Goose? He hand delivered one to me yesterday while I was working. Just like here, have it. Like no, get that shit did away you, from did me. Did you eat it? Yes, <laughs> it was there. It was in front of me. Temptation, man. Maybe that should be the next the podcast the next uh, podcast topic. Dude. Mm temptation for next week all right y'all episode 19 is in the books uh let us know what you think about patience like share subscribe just kidding you can't subscribe yet um let us know if you have any feedback this is the pause life podcast